and let's just record the episode. Okay, ready? Hello, everyone, and welcome to the iMedia Don't Call Me a Guru Call In Extravaganza episode. We have on the line with us right now Tyler Jack Butler, our former. Uh, co-host and co-founder, as well as Morgan Hereniak. I still remember how to say your last name. <laughs> it's, it's close. <laughs> Dang it. The uh, creator of the organizer of iMedia Digital Media Conference. Hello, friends. Hi. Hello. So we are coming at everyone off of a Google Hangouts virtual thing. Tyler had this crazy idea that in lieu of a live iMedia recording, uh, which was postponed because of COVID-19, the coronavirus, which we'll discuss uh, more in a bit. Uh, Tyler had this crazy idea. Why don't we do a call-in show instead? <laughs> so we reached out to ask a few of the speakers who would have been sharing good insights at the conference if they would be interested in sharing some of their insights on the pod. Uh, so we're going to have a ton of people um, calling in and we're we're certain it's going to be a chaotic mess <laughs> but we're excited right yeah we've already even just in setting up the call we've already had like multiple audio and visual issues so <laughs> almost guaranteed that as you listen to this episode like something will go terribly wrong and i think we're all just asking that you embrace the chaos and enjoy yeah. the ride right yeah, like um, no, this isn't the same quality that you may be used to on a on a Don't Call Me a Guru episode. <laughs> might remind hey, me of the old uh, days of Don't Call Me a Guru. Oh, yeah, our original days, Morgan. What are you saying? I was just gonna say that would a tech conference be a tech conference without technical difficulties? So this is right in the vein of what it's supposed to be. That's exactly true. Um, before we go into the conversation, I do need to say that Don't Call Me a Guru is part of the Alberta Podcast Network powered by ATB Financial. Tyler works at ATB Financial. It's just a perfect pairing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so I think we can just we wanted we wanted to start by talking about um, I guess COVID nineteen and and the iMedia postponement, but also just what we've been seeing in terms of social media response and sharing and communications around it. So maybe Morgan, we'll start with with you. How you know what was it like be building up to the moment you decided to cancel the conference and something that probably a lot of the event organizers uh, were were struggling with this this week as of recording this this week yeah so it's actually been super interesting just to be watching this all unfold i mean as we see that it is having such a huge global impact it was kind of a question of what kind of an impact is this going to have in Canada, in Alberta, and then again, locally in Edmonton. And as things were evolving, I think that we can all agree that it kind of seemed like something that to be aware of, but that nobody really knew what, what the impact was going to be locally. So, I mean, obviously, when you're planning a conference in March, and things are starting to trickle out in January, and as we saw more and more information be shared um, and as the situation progressed, um, 
again, it just kind of made the conversations very real and obviously making sure that we were on top of what was happening um, and really where things were headed. So when the status changed that it was categorized as a global pandemic, uh, that's when things definitely started to get uh, very real on our end of monitoring things like honestly on the hour for this whole week it was hourly discussions about what do we do and what's the right thing to do and to be completely honest up until the like the emails that were sitting on my computer um, yesterday before we actually made the decision to postpone iMedia 2020 there was a completely different email drafted on my computer. There was conversations that were coming into our live chat on the website from attendees, uh, from speakers, from sponsors over kind of the two days leading up to the conference, just asking us questions about whether things are still progressing. And even that morning, the response that we were still providing to people was that Alberta Health had still said that the risk to Albertans was low. Um, we were again following very, very closely, like I said, like on the hour, honestly, to just see what the information was that we were being shared um, or provided rather. And the decision was literally made at 1230 yesterday um, to postpone the conference. And it was it was such a difficult decision to make because we hadn't yet. Um, it was about two, two-ish hours after we released our statement to postpone the conference that Alberta Health actually issued um, their guidance for everybody in the province to um, like cancel their larger events and all of that. So it was definitely yesterday was a wild day <laughs> to say the least. Um, and we did, we had completely different communications um, planned in the morning and ultimately made the decision to postpone it based on, again, just the information that we were receiving. Like, it, it was honestly at that point, a, like a minute to minute decision of like, what's going to be the best for our community? And how can we help keep our community safe and contribute to, again, helping this like pandemic not progress in a way that um, is going to negatively impact our community? Were you getting, um, like, was iMedia getting a lot of questions uh, or concern, like, concerns shared online? Or I guess you said via your live chat, but I know that there have been some um, companies getting some <laughs> flack about not communicating quickly enough uh, or not being proactive enough in their comms. Did you see that with, with iMedia or are you? or it was all good. <laughs> um, honestly, we have heard really positive feedback from everybody so far um, around our degree of communication. Again, as the questions were coming in, we were like with the live chat um, inquiries on Facebook, um, through email, like whatever the questions that were coming in from our attendees, it was basically just as the situation was progressing and it was more so on the Thursday, so yes, yesterday, which feels like a lifetime ago, um, that people were starting to send emails and questioning more on the live stream because the conference was the next day. And so they were just wondering, um, I, there's been obviously a ton of communication in the media around COVID-19. And when you start hearing things like uh, the NBA season has been postponed, 
uh, America's sweetheart, Tom Hanks, like tested positive for the virus. Um, then we saw that the NHL has been postponed. Uh, late last night, we heard that um, Sophie Trudeau is actually tested positive for the virus. So I think as people started to actually hear more and more information about those larger scale uh, organizations, for lack of a better term, kind of taking action on things, I think it started to make things heightened for people that they did have different concerns. Um, and so the, the feedback that we've received wasn't uh, has been really positive. Uh, we've received a ton, a ton, and ton of uh, feedback from our attendees and from our speakers and our sponsors and everybody that really is involved with the conference, the student ambassadors that are all involved, um, just really recognizing uh, and appreciating kind of where that's come from. So it's been generally pretty positive, but there was definitely a lot of questions that were coming in to say well, what's going on and, and what's the plan, but we just made sure to stay on top of those inquiries as they were coming in. It really is like, you know, you're you're mobilizing kind of this crisis communications um, on your social media channels. Tyler, you have lots of experience, I think, with crisis comms on social media. <laughs> I do, yeah, actually. I have some, some training from my time at McEwen um, yeah. and uh, been through the ringer a couple times. It's, it's funny how fast these things move, you know. Yes. Um, and the one about this one, it, it's funny how everyone's moving quickly. It's not just a few comms people feeling like things are moving quickly. Like, <laughs> I, I feel like there's a real sense. And I think, you know, it's one of the reasons that your decision to, to delay, as, as well as many other cancellations, like, should be applauded, is that everyone can tell how quickly this thing is moving. And uh, in some ways, it makes our job as communicators easier, and in some ways, um, much, much more challenging and even scarier. Morgan, I yeah. feel like one of the things we're doing in this episode is is talking about the conference that might have been as we have people <laughs> calling in later and telling us telling us more about um, what it is they were planning to talk about and maybe getting some learnings. Do you want to tell us any like highlights of like uh, you know you uh, you poo pooed some of my funniest jokes that I want to do as the MC? <laughs> any of those? But do you want to tell us any like highlights that you were really looking forward to from the weekend? Oh, you're gonna make me pick a couple. So I thirteen more minutes to kill Morgan. You can challenge accepted. You can also give advice to other social media people who may have to be rapidly dealing with COVID nineteen right now because you are in it. <laughs> oh that, yes. that's where you were going with it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, in terms of just advice, it's exactly like what you said, Tyler. I mean, this is a situation that is evolving, like the the speed that things are evolving and the information that we're receiving, it honestly is, it's so quick. And so one of the things that I think communications marketing professionals in general, and I think digital marketers sometimes have to adopt this even more so is that you have to be able to adapt and make decisions as you're receiving new information. And I think that was the thing, it, like I'm not joking when I say that there was there was a different email and a different tab open on my browser yesterday when it actually came time to hit send on the one to postpone the, the conference. And I think um, being able to craft those messages and understand kind of 
what it is that your community is feeling and to to be sincere and authentic with it. I mean, at the end of the day, yesterday, like it, it does honestly feel like a lifetime ago. And yesterday at the end of the day, it felt like an out-of-body experience because it was so much that happened in such a short amount of time. And from the decision of, okay, everything is moving forward, checking in with AHS, checking in with a bunch of the other big event venues around um, the city to kind of understand, are they postponing things? How are they dealing with things? Um, to be able to make that decision. And because our we ended up sharing the information just a few hours before the Alberta Health um, information came out, it was also kind of trying to make that decision that was ultimately best for the community. Um, and so like the biggest piece of advice for all of it would be just to, to be agile and be responsive and understand that communicate like some communication is better than no communication so that people understand kind of what's happening because people just want answers um and once people have a little bit of information that at least they understand that it's the situation isn't being forgotten or neglected in any way i think that it gives people a lot of peace of mind um but to kind of switch gears into what we were really excited no, about no we're not switching gears yet oh sorry <laughs> breaking the rules breaking the rules moderate, moderate yours makes sense closer to when our first guest will join us <laughs> <laughs> we're not used to doing this thing like live right we, we have, uh, have, uh, have airtime <laughs> yeah, right? so i'm gonna throw this back to tyler now <laughs> to share his crisis communications planning and and advice uh, for people that are dealing with COVID-19 stuff now. <laughs> yeah, what advice do I have? It's a good question. I think there's like some basic best practices that I've learned over the years when it comes to managing these things on social, like uh, when possible having one source of truth, like a page on your website that you're able to update so that you always have uh, one place that is uh, has the current information uh, that, and what it does is keep every post you've made uh, current and true all the time, uh, which can be really helpful as situations like this, which are very fluid, uh, start to change. Having that single source of truth um, can be incredibly useful. In my time at McEwen University, uh, when I was working there, we uh, ended up housing over 700 people who had left Fort Mac during the fire. And that situation changed so quickly and so many times having one page that was always up to date was a key part of that comm strategy and, and helped us uh, drive people from not only tweets and Facebook pages, but like posters and digital signage and stuff. That's like the, it sounds so simple, but that can really save your butt sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I've seen this week um, very <laughs> poorly scheduled posts. Um, yeah, true, yeah. <laughs> Which again, is something that you think is such a simple thing, but you just don't necessarily, maybe you're not thinking about it as the news is developing so quickly, but you gotta watch and know what posts are, are scheduled and you gotta make sure that you're taking those down um, as soon as you see something like this. I also saw, I won't say what, um, what organization, but I was like so disappointed to see an organization that's fairly reputable and they were tweeting um, like updates about their organization because of COVID-19 and 
like it was it was like multiple tweets, but they were still using like one of five or like one, two of six and like, and it wasn't threaded. It was just like all of these little things that you don't think are very complicated, but can make it so much easier for people to be able to get that information that they're so desperately searching for. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. Go ahead, Morgan. Yeah. I think it's like, even just making sure like to your point, Tyler, about just the consistency in the language and also mobilizing your community to help share that information. So, I mean, obviously being that we are a social media conference and a lot of our community is online and is able to help share that, I think that that also really can help kind of spread that message and making sure that your content is available on the platforms that your your people are going to see it, right? Um, sometimes it can even be as simple. I know yesterday when we released the initial email, it was like, we need to make sure that we're sharing this with the audiences that need it the most and then kind of trickling down to the other platforms um, that we have like a presence on, right? Um, and understanding like is how do you translate that message for the platform? I mean, that's back to social media basics 101, but really making sure that um, again, yesterday, the communication that came out on email was a little bit more personalized than what was ended up being shared on social. Um, because again, our community that is working with us and coming to the conference year after year, it was something that it was like, there's an opportunity there to, to have that personal um, connection with them and to, again, ensure that they still feel safe and valued as, as you are working through this and that, that they do matter at the end of the day. So I think like all of those little things, I think it's interesting, even to the comments about, the scheduled content going out. Um, it's like, again, that's that whole thing of recognizing and understanding what you have in the queue is that there's these tools that all make social media marketers lives so much easier and that we're all using um, to help manage and like manage our social presence. But just remembering what the heck you have in the queue can make all of the difference. Mm -hmm. And just remembering to say, hey, there's something bigger than us going on right now and we need to put a halt on it because I think we can all, like, we could all share the horror stories of how many times we've seen that there's, like, something majorly going on and you see somebody's just automated tweets coming out and it's just, it seems so insensitive. And again, as people who are in the industry, we understand that it's probably not intentional, but it's just something that's so, like, so small but also can make such a difference and, and make people, like, really understand and respect your organization for that. I think there's probably something to be said about like over communicating, but that's a good thing. I think when in times of confusion and when people are, are unsure. So I am doing the cat festival, which is not until May 30th. And I mean, that feels like it's still a ways out, but even this, week i was we were evaluating do we should we say something do we just continue to make announcements about the festival like how is this going to spread 
um, and then had decided that it would have been that it's better for us to communicate with our vendors and our sponsors and our partners and then to the public that we were watching the situation closely and that we were going to make a call but not quite yet because fortunately we we still have a bit of time a lot of other events that were literally happening in days uh, of the pandemic being announced uh, I think obviously had to make a quicker call but I, I always believe in times of crisis crisis or confusion, um, saying, you know, even if you're just saying we are figuring it out is better than silence at all. <laughs> Would you agree? <laughs> I think that's a good point. I do think you can say too much in terms of like, it's been interesting which major brands have sent out like mass emails to everyone where I, you know, I got one from like a hotel chain. I'm like, I am not staying at your hotel. Like I, I yeah. To be like a leader in the community for me right now, uh, right. whereas like the government, like um, uh, a, a, a leading doctor, like these are the people who I want to hear from right now. Um, and it's been interesting running a brand account where I feel like part of the decision to make is um, we don't have an imminent event like Morgan did, but how much, like, how can we still be present and helpful in the community while also not kind of making it about us? Yeah. This is brand marketing opportunity it's but also you have an obligation to communicate a very important message mm -hmm. yeah it's also interesting to see again we see this every time that there's some kind of a a crisis in in some way shape or form but the brands that end up trying to spin <laughs> like, it into yeah. their own um, yeah tragedy <laughs> yeah like that and it always just Again, there was some stuff going around last night and people were commenting on the content that they were seeing just being like in disbelief that this actually was happening. And again, I think it's really important that um, that we all like as marketers are just conscious of, again, the sensitivities that people are feeling around these situations. Um, and I think that generally speaking around uh, around this pandemic situation, the communication has been awesome but when you hear so much information in the media um and you hear really like big impact things like organizations shutting down or everybody going remote or anything like that that it can create a sense of hysteria and overwhelmingness when maybe sometimes again there's just is it like you said is too much information not i also received emails from some hotel change that I'm like, I don't know why I'm getting this right now. I'm like you said, Tyler, I'm not coming to stay with you right now. So it's just interesting of, of how brands are approaching this. And, and I think that sometimes there can be a feeling of, well, we have to do something because everybody else is. And I think just really stepping back and thinking strategically, is that going to um, make people feel nervous or add to their, um, their concerns around something when maybe like marketers don't need to fuel that to fuel that and like you said communicate when there is something or to send out some information that people know that you are on top of it and paying attention to what's happening yeah right before we started recording this extravaganza <laughs> I, got, uh, I got an email from twitter marketing and it was the title is questioning the right approach in challenging times you are not alone <laughs> And then it basically gives tips. So it says, know your brand, understand the role your brand plays 
And this should help inform how you can be most useful for people. Um, and then one tip they included that that I think is is really important is think about your tone of voice. So yeah. understand and make sure that your copy and your tone is being reflected appropriately based on your audience and what your people and your customers are saying or what they kind of ex are expecting uh, from you. So I think that tone is important as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, go ahead, Tyler. Further to the scheduled post thing, which I think is like a general rule, understand what's going out and what the context is when it goes out. I don't know about you, but I've fully stopped scheduling posts. Oh, like, yeah. I'm always present now. I, I know that can be harder when you're running multiple accounts, but anyway, the other part of it is like off-page advertising, which I feel like is much easier to set and forget. Um, <laughs> but having a sense of like holistically, what is your social presence right now? Like what posts did you boost? What ads are running right now? So yeah. important at times like this. What are you asking people? Yeah, for sure. Your audience doesn't know that it's an ad you forgot to turn off. They think they're seeing it in the feed and it, it looks just as bad as if you posted it. It looks quite bad. I am, I've never been, honestly, I've never been a fan of scheduling, mostly because all of the scheduling tools never let me like, tag people in photos and like just do these little mm -hmm. things but doing it live just feels so much better and gives you so much more functionality but but yeah and, and in cases like this it just highlights much more how 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 that can kind of bite you yeah um, morgan i think now <laughs> <laughs> now i think you can talk about what you're excited about and then we can welcome our first uh call-in guest which is karen unland hopefully she calls in at the right time but morgan you have a few minutes before karen jumps on all right we used that 13 minutes uh very perfectly very perfectly <laughs> uh so i mean i always say this every year i always joke that i'm biased but the schedule is off the chains um but the schedule is really always something so exciting um we obviously worked super hard with everybody to try to build out a curriculum that makes sense and people are excited about and again that people the things that people need to know about um so this year we had some really cool um and ironic that karen is um obviously the first guest calling in but uh our master classes this year uh karen and, and the Alberta Podcast Network was going to host uh, a podcasting masterclass. And they were going to take people through basically the whole concept of, I have a podcast idea in my mind and evaluating, is this something that's actually viable? But like really flushing through that idea and getting to the point by the end of the masterclass where people would have actually been recording their first podcast trailer, which I think was super, super cool um and really really exciting so that was definitely something uh that i think was going to be super interesting and great um we also this year had again our keynotes are always something that are super interesting and that we're always really excited about uh but we had planned to have kristen bryant join us from wistia uh, which is a video marketing platform based out of boston and they were uh over the last year have been working on basically creating long form binge worthy content. And as a brand strategist and an absolute branding nerd, I was so excited to, to hear from Kristen and really learn more about their concept of brand affinity and really how brands can leverage um, 
again, we all know that the whole concept of social is that you're building those relationships and you're having conversations and you're engaging with your community in a real and authentic way. But I think that what they've done um, with their content around brand affinity has been really, really just interesting. And the way that they presented it and laid it out was it not was it is brilliant. And I think that people were going to be super interested in, in what she had to say. So um, that was definitely another piece that I was super excited about. And obviously, with all of our breakout sessions is that it's hard to pick. So we had over 20 breakout sessions this year. It's always hard to pick which ones I think are kind of um, that people are most excited about and interested in but one of the ones that actually filled up first this year was press and post was going to talk about an e-commerce case study and basically they had they saw like really really incredible results with one of their campaigns uh and they were going to share the learnings from that and i think that now especially a lot of the social media platforms are becoming so saturated with advertising and so i think that whenever somebody in today's kind of like i guess space is seeing those kinds of results it's always really interesting to learn about what they're doing and and really how they did it because i think that even just between the three of us we can all say that um things have ch things have changed in the space of of even advertising on digital and and really the conversions that you might have seen like for example a few years ago um with imedia there was one post that we had like an ROI of like 3000% like within a single, like within a single ad. And that kind of stuff is kind of few and far between now um, with different advertising mediums. So it's just interesting to see kind of how different people are leveraging it um, and really what they're, again, like what they're doing to make it work for them. And I, again, it's different for every business. It's different for every audience is different for every platform and every situation is going to be different but um it's always so exciting to see everybody again we come together once a year for the conference and the whole premise is to learn from each other's experiences so i think again just seeing how that uh breakout session filled up uh and people were really excited to learn about that specific e-commerce um case study i think is really really cool and exciting to show kind of how people uh again, are considering that and that they want to learn from those experiences. Um, Another, oh, sorry. I'm just going to cut in real quick. Frazier and Vanessa, who were supposed to do the press uh, and post session, were going to call in, uh, but ironically and understandably, their entire day has blown up with uh, COVID-19 cancellation plans and backup plans and communicating <laughs> with clients. <laughs> It was not us. <laughs> Hashtag relatable. <laughs> um, there was one more thing that I did want to share with everybody because this was again, and this is this is cool and exciting, and we were really, really, really looking forward to it. Um, but last year we introduced and Linda, this is so on brand for you, but we had the Instagrammable walls of iMedia. And um, we this year, what we were going to do is we had, again, they were good last year, but they were going to be off the chains this year. We actually had one of our partners, um, KOVR, they were going to be creating um, some like augmented reality uh, pieces for the Instagrammable walls. So you would have actually been able to 
like activate a code from them. And then when you came to take a picture in front of one of the iMedia Instagrammable walls, it would have added some different layers. If you would have been like pretending like you were walking, you would have seen like buildings flying by you and all of these like really cool effects. Um, and so we're super excited and, and again, still think that that's something that was uh, like really innovative and cool that they came up with. And um, we're really excited to share that with our community the next time that this happens. So before we go into our first speaker, this wild episode of Don't Call Me a Guru is brought to you by The Loop, a new podcast from CBC Edmonton. Let's hear what The Loop is all about. Hey, I'm Tara McCarthy. I work at CBC Edmonton. And there's a lot of things that happen in this city any given week. So we thought, how about we boil it down to some of those top stories, the ones that make you think, or the ones that maybe even make you laugh. Maybe they make you cringe. So we're putting together a new podcast called The Loop. Check it out weekly through CBC Edmonton. The Loop, you might be wondering, okay, what's this all about? Well, it is literally about keeping you in the loop. More importantly, it's all about going behind the scenes. All sorts of details, I see it every day in the newsroom, don't actually make it into those compact radio and television pieces that you see and that you hear. So we thought we'll take stories like these and we're going to find out more. We're going to talk to the reporters about some of the things like how they even found out about this stuff. We'll talk a little bit about everything, politics, we'll throw some arts in there, community of course. It's about all things Edmonton. Because there's always more to tell. There's always more to the story. I've been in Edmonton for about a year, and I see stories just constantly change. They ebb and flow. I'm learning new things about the city all the time. And maybe you've been here for decades, but there's always new things that we can uncover. So we want to talk about those stories right here on The Loop. Stay in the loop with us, our new weekly CBC Edmonton podcast. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts, or more importantly, through your CBC Listen app. I feel like I have something in my tooth. Thank God it's a podcast. (laughs) So it sounds like it's a great addition to the local podcasting scene. Again, you can find The Loop on the CBC Listen app or wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can find it online at cbc.ca slash Edmonton. Ooh, very exciting ding dong. Hello? (laughs) Hello, this is Karen calling in because my other thing didn't work. First time hey. caller, Karen Unland. That's right. <laughs> Long time listener, though. <laughs> um, hey, Linda, Hi, how does this work now? Do we kick Morgan off or, or are you sticking around? Oh, no, I think it would be so cool to just have everyone on, yeah? That's going yeah. to be a literal nightmare because <laughs> there's a lot of reasons. <laughs> okay, so... Okay, so it sounds like we want to kick Morgan off. <laughs> Morgan, well, let for your time. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, please listen to this after it's done. <laughs> thank you, Morgan. Thank you. Great job, both. Morgan. Thank you both so much. Karen, I can't wait to hear what you have to say about all of this. And I will see you guys later. Okay, bye. Thank bye. you. Bye. 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 All right. And now, and I think, Tyler, you're going to take it away now. Before Joining we- us on the line, we have Karen Unland, founder of the Alberta Podcast Network, co-founder of Taproot Yeg, and a co-host of That's a Thing, 
uh, which is a great podcast. Welcome to the show, Karen. Thanks for calling. Hello. <laughs> My pleasure. Uh, you're feeling okay? No, no symptoms. I have no symptoms. Excellent. I'm just feeling. Um, like everybody, all of a sudden my calendar is, is clear and I should be so productive right now. And yet dealing with the communications around this thing is eating up all of this so-called time that I have. So Isn't that for sure problems. Yeah. So, so we have to, oh, go ahead. No. <laughs> this is great radio. <laughs> and again, like now we're happy. Episode, let's just remind the audience that uh, we put this idea together like less than 24 hours ago. We are recording on Google Hangouts. Uh, welcome to the most chaotic episode of Don't Call Me a Guru that we will hopefully ever make. Uh, <laughs> also, my return to form uh, introducing chaos into the episode. Karen, <laughs> what, we're, what we're doing today is uh, connecting with some of the folks who were slated to talk at, uh, at the conference and kind of learning what is it that you were going to talk about and uh, maybe a couple insights that you might want to share with the audience uh, in lieu of actually speaking in front of a crowd. Um, do you want to walk us through what your session was going to be about? So I was involved in two, so I'll be real tight and bright on both of them. So I was <laughs> going to give a, a master class on how to start a podcast uh, today. Uh, and so, I mean, that was going to be six hours, so it's a little hard to uh, <laughs> boil down here. But um, I think the main thing that I really want to get across to people is if you're going to do a podcast, know who it's for, knew, know what it is for, and make sure that it is like something that is, that's going to delight both you and your listeners. And so, and then we were going to walk through, well, how do you actually do that? So that was what we were going to do today. And we will do in the future. Yes. I love um, the idea of delighting yourself and the audience, right? Like we have this filter at on my team at ATV where we are supposed to ask ourselves, like, is what I'm hitting share on actually making me happy? Because how can I expect my audience to be happy if it's not something I like, felt good about before I shared it? Is that kind of like the you're going for? Yeah, I mean, you can go too far both ways, right? Sometimes people yeah. start a podcast because they're totally into it and it's so fun. I get to be with my friends and we'll just hang around and we're so hilarious, right? And it's not that interesting to other people. Um, <laughs> and it's, uh, <laughs> and then the other thing that happens is, especially when businesses or organizations decide to get into podcasting is it ends up being very these are our corporate talking points and this is our, this is what we want to get across about this and no normal person will ever willingly listen to that. So both ways. Yeah. I feel like the buddies having a chat thing is actually like a dynamic that takes a lot of practice. Like for example, we and I meet each other in real life and <laughs> uh, we on here, you know, you know, <laughs> Well, I even do that now on my new podcast with Mike, my husband. I'll have to stop him and be like, people don't care about that. <laughs> right. <laughs> He'll think it's like gold, and I'll say, no, we're going to redo that part. <laughs> uh, it's good to have a producer's hat on sometimes. 
Well, that's the uh, master class, and you also were going to uh, speak as well at the conference? I was going to moderate a panel with Linda, mm -hmm. um, as well as Amanda Wagner and Liz Pittman from the Amanda Wagner podcast. And we're going to talk about what well, the title of the, of the session was promoting your new podcast. So it's kind of like, okay, you've um, figured out how to make a podcast and you're doing it. So now how do you promote it? Um, and I guess, again, what I wanted, what I was hoping that our esteemed panelists would get across is that um, you've got to budget time and maybe money to tell people about this podcast that is taking a lot of your time and energy to do. Otherwise, you're really um, wasting that time and energy. That is almost the best segue that you could have given us. Ah. <laughs> Joining us yeah. now will be Amanda as well as Liz. Perfect. This Perfect. Like, this could not have been planned better, I think. Oh, I admitted them, yeah. but I don't see them jumping them jumping in. Uh-oh. Karen, quick, vamp. 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 Vance. Oh, vamp. Oh, okay. here we go. <laughs> Amanda, welcome to the podcast. Thank you uh, for having me. Joined, we're joined by Amanda Wagner. Linda, why don't you take it from here? Sure. Amanda, is Liz with you as well? She I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, introduce, I'll introduce both of you guys. Um, so Amanda Wagner of the Amanda Wagner podcast. She is a speaker, a strategist, a podcaster. She was going to be on the podcasting panel with uh, Karen, who is still on the line, which is great. Karen, that's fine. Hi, <laughs> Karen. Nice to hear from you. Hello. Yeah. And then, uh, and then Liz Pittman's also joining us. She's a digital communications specialist. Uh, she was going to be on the panel, but also talking uh, at iMedia about how to plan, implement, and report on a social media campaign. So welcome, ladies. Um, ooh, was that weird that I said ladies? Welcome, people. <laughs> There's, no edits. There's no edits in this episode. There's anything, no so. edits. Uh, <laughs> and why don't we, in the, in the name of, of keeping things like moderately organized, let's uh, let's bid adieu to Karen. Thank you for joining us, Karen. We're all sorry. You're welcome. To have the class. Um, do you have any last parting wisdom to share? No, just listen to everything that uh, Amanda and Liz are about to tell you because they're really smart. That's very good advice. Thank you, Karen. Linda, I'll be in charge of kicking people off the podcast. I'm okay. You're, you're okay. <laughs> Such a great episode. Um, no, that's great, Tyler. I think you've always been really good at kicking people out of things. <laughs> Um, okay, Amanda, let's just let's start with you. What uh, what are some takeaways that you would have you know shared had you been able to sit on this podcasting panel at iMedia? Sure, I love how high Karen set the bar. So thank you, Karen. Um, <laughs> my big thoughts when we created the Amanda Wagner podcast, it was Liz Pittman and I who is with me now, and we've actually been doing some recording. She and I set the bar really high from the get go. So I personally hate podcasts that are what I call all sizzle, no steak, where people 
talk in circles for ages and ages and just laugh over inside jokes without giving any meat or substance to the audience. So my two big takeaways that I wanted to share on the panel, the first one is that I wanted to create consistency across multiple episodes and within an episode. So before we started the podcast, Liz and I sat down and made a list of the podcasts we listen to the most, what we like about them, and what keeps us listening. So from the very beginning, we made a choice to keep our episodes under 30 minutes, that at the beginning we would list the three big points that we would discuss. We would include a regular segment that we call WWAWD, or What Would Amanda Wagner Do?, where people actually ask us questions. So we get them via DM and via email that we answer on the podcast. And that final piece is that we have a specific call to action or an ask of our listeners. The topic of go, go sorry. No, that all sounds like, what do you think about podcast episodes that are uh, slung together at the last minute and recorded on laptops on Google Hangouts though? <laughs> I mean, we're all about authenticity, are we not? I think there's something to be said for taking a crazy situation and making it work. So props to you. It might not be the way I do it every time, but it has its merits. I love though that you have this plan and that there's not just a plan for the one episode, but it weaves throughout. That's great. for consistency. Correct. We want our listeners to know what to expect. And the topic of the panel was around how do you promote and engage with people in your podcast? And for us, promotion and engagement is so much easier. Yes, when you have a plan, but when you have a really specific thing that you want your audience to respond to. So in our scripts, we have the title and then we have right after, what are we asking people? What's our call to action? And we always wrap up with it at the end. So we make a point of asking a really specific question and telling people where they can find us. We ask people to follow us on Instagram at the Amanda Wagner or go to theamandawagner.com so that we can truly learn about our listeners and ensure that we're thoughtful about building our audience. Lovely. Um, I think that's great. I think uh, I think we can hop over on to Liz unless you have any other uh, takeaway you'd like to add before we move on. <laughs> My final thought, I am a believer in don't ask, don't get, which means that if you don't ask for listeners, you're not going to get them. So shamelessly for people who are listening to this podcast subscribe to the Amanda <laughs> podcast wherever you're listening now <laughs> i love it <laughs> and here's liz hello hello Hi, liz. Hi. <laughs> so i was supposed to do the session on planning implementing and reporting on a social media campaign so do you just want me to dive in? Do you have a question for me, Linda? What should I do? <laughs> um, uh, diving in is good. Maybe we'll throw it to Tyler and put him on the spot. Tyler, ask her a question. <laughs> we want to know what we were, what we're missing out on because we don't get to hear you talk. So what, what was the main takeaway you wanted people to walk out of your session with? The biggest takeaway is to know your goals of a social media campaign, but make sure you're determining measurable objectives for them. So if you want to raise brand awareness, that's a really big overarching goal, but a measurable objective for that could be an increase in followers or how many times a branded hashtag is used. It's good to have something measurable and not just say, we want to accomplish this thing. And I should note that go viral is not a goal or an objective. And I'll like, 
for all of us that were going to present this weekend, if we each had a dollar for every time someone's told us they just want to go viral, we probably would all be very rich. So that is not a way of measuring success. If you want to set those measurable objectives, refer to past campaigns or events that are similar to figure out what your numbers might be. And if you haven't done anything similar, it's okay to set benchmarks, but you should be measuring something. What do you think is like the metric that is the most valuable that the fewest clients actually know about? Oh, interesting question. I mean, it would depend upon what the campaign is, but something that I've been drawing to people's attention recently for Instagram is when posts are saved. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I think people aren't measuring that one enough, but it is a great indication of when people are going to go back to that content for inspiration or they really liked your graphic or whatever it may be. I think people need to pay more attention to that. Yeah, I, and in retail too, right? Like saving a product right. you might go back and buy. I love um, measuring the saving. I've been measuring private sends more often now. So mm -hmm. uh, if someone felt that a post was interesting enough for whatever reason to privately send it to someone, I think that that is maybe as valuable as a comment or a like. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of intention behind those actions and they say a lot. It's just, uh, it's just so manual, I guess. Is oh, the I, know. <laughs> I, know. I know. It's so time-consuming. I know. I know. Wait, am I right in saying we? You're not. You're no longer in Edmonton. I am based out of Victoria now, so oh. I, <laughs> I, I still work with a lot of Edmonton clients. I'm essentially just working remotely from the ocean for them. Uh, are you happy that uh, you're not in post-secondary communications today? <laughs> I, I mean, there's a lot going on. There's, there's a, a lot. lot that is my politically correct response for you, Tyler. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> potentially local post-secondary listeners at this point. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so we're waiting for the next call-in, but I mean, it, I guess actually, Liz, you could add to the podcast uh, takeaway too, since you were going to be on that panel, if you want to add something for that. Sure. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing that maybe a lot of the people that were going to attend the panel are fairly new to podcasting and it can be intimidating. So I think it's, it's a really good thing to remind people and the podcast that the two of you are doing right now is a great example. You don't have to get fancy with it. Uh, the first several episodes, I don't mean that as a dick. <laughs> The first few episodes of the Amanda Wagner podcast that we recorded, you're going to share our dirty little secret? I am. We recorded it on an iPhone. Like, we just sat across from each other and recorded it on our phone. For the record, we had two Yeti mics, but there was so much interference, so we ended up using the iPhone mic. But when people ask, how do you record your podcast, we say, we have Yeti mics. Yeah. We just didn't use them. But for the record, we've been recording this afternoon and we're using a Yeti mic now, but we started out super basic. The iPhone is just fine. You can do it for easy and for cheap if you just want to get started. Yeah, we started scrappy and janky and uh, it's worked beautifully. Yeah, I think something else, um, if people are interested uh, in podcasting, there's a great local blog post from a writer named Mel Priestley. Um, mm -hmm. 
<laughs> I mean, it's it's a, it's negative, but I think it's very interesting where she basically quit her podcast <laughs> this month. So she quit. She posted about why. Um, and she raises good points that I think Karen was touching on that people don't realize, you know, it can be very low barrier entry to start a podcast, but man, does it take your time? Does it require passion? Does it involve money, you know, to move all of these things forward and get your podcast to a place where you want it to be? Absolutely. The amount of time and prep work that goes into producing a podcast that is under 30 minutes is incredibly high. So yes, the barrier to entry is low if you just want to talk in circles for a couple hours. But if you really want to have a plan and get the engagement and reach that you want, you have to be intentional and be willing to put in the work. I find developing an audience around a podcast can, is probably the hardest part of marketing it, especially like I've found it very challenging to promote podcasts and get subscribers based on posting on social media. Do either of you two have like advice or tips for how you've grown your audience? I think similar to what Amanda mentioned earlier is ask, you got to ask for them. So talk about it like at events or if you're at conferences, talk about it, but ask people to subscribe, like physically, like yeah. do the on the ground sort of work. Because I mean, we do lots of promotion through Instagram and we do see in our analytics an uptick when we've done some posts, but really like talking to people, quote unquote, in real life, really works as opposed to just via social media. Especially when we have such a strong and intentional tagline, which is we know the type of people that we want to connect with. We know who we want to talk to. So the first question people ask when you say, oh, I have a podcast is, well, what's it about? And so for us, we say this is a podcast for people who know they want to be known for something, but are tired of waiting for things to be just so. So we talk to people who are fighting back against perfectionism, who are challenged because they want to be uh, somebody of impact or have impact on the world. So we discuss topics and issues that are surrounded by that. And on the podcast, we freely admit when we don't know something, we ask a lot of questions and we rely on the expertise of others. Which is a very good habit to have, admitting when you don't actually know the answer instead of trying to talk your way through it. Absolutely, because you can see through that. Oh boy, we can tell. Absolutely, that's how you want to talk in circles, like you were saying. <laughs> okay, um, perfect. So before we get to our next uh, caller, I'm going to share some tips from one of a speaker, Crystal Jones, who couldn't uh, be on the call. Um, but I'm going to get Tyler to kick off to kick off Amanda and Liz now. <laughs> <laughs> I will kick ourselves off. See ya. <laughs> Thanks, folks. Really appreciate your time. Thank, Thank you, you both. Bye. 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 So yeah, so Crystal Jones, uh, advocacy advocate, really. Um, she uh, locally become quite known online because um, she's not afraid to tell businesses when their content is not being accessible enough. So she was supposed to um, speak at iMedia about ways to make your online presence more accessible. Um, she wanted to be part of this, but we weren't sure how to make the podcast accessible for her because she uh, is actually deaf. Um, but she was kind enough to say, here, like, share my tips, please, uh, which is great. So some of Crystal's tips uh, include um, that you should absolutely be putting subtitles and captions on your videos, but not um, not just leaving it to the automated 
uh, captioning, which mm. she calls craptioning. <laughs> Um, because it always gets it wrong. There's like human error there, or sorry, robotic error, I suppose. You need that human touch when you're putting together your subtitles. Um, she also encourages you to use, uh, like all of the social networks today have, you know, describe this image uh, with all of the images that you might upload. It's more work, um, but you certainly want to consider how do I make sure that my content can be, um, can reach, I suppose, as many people uh, as possible. <laughs> so those are two kind of quick takeaways. We'll take one quick ad break before we get to our next call-in guests. This episode of Don't Call Me a Guru is sponsored by Snow and Tell, the Winter City podcast. You can't change the weather, but you can change how you feel about it. This podcast by Winter City Edmonton explores how the right attitudes can uncover the opportunities and potential in winter cities. Find Snow and Tell on Apple Podcasts Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and online at wintercityedmonton.ca slash podcast. That's wintercityedmonton.ca slash podcast. Stick around after this wild episode if you'd like to hear a trailer for the podcast. The trailer's a little long, so we're not going to run it right in the middle of this. (laughs) And I believe uh, we have some people who have joined us now. Hi. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome, Avery, and phone number. <laughs> I believe it's we have Ankarin. Okay, so that's great. So we're gonna start with um, Amit and Corinne, and then Avery's gonna hang tight uh, mm-hmm. before we get to her. Sounds good. Okay, cool. So um, I can introduce. I'll introduce Tyler. You want me to introduce? Probably. Go. <laughs> uh, so Amit Cabra. Did I pronounce that right? Yeah, <laughs> I accept it. <laughs> Cabra is a president and PPC specialist of Amit Cabra Marketing Inc. Uh, she was going to be talking about Google AdWords, a masterclass on Google AdWords, as well as campaign uh, budget optimization. And then Corinne uh, Parthenius, I hope I'm saying that right. <laughs> She's the uh, oh, owner of the CoLab and Connectionista, uh, and she was going to talk about your story in stories. So whichever uh, one of you want to, to start first, um, Tyler's going to ask you a question, and then we're going to go from there. <laughs> what we should do is get them to introduce themselves in the future. That would make sense, hey? Uh, Wait, we're doing doing this, but we're not doing a wild and chaotic episode like this again in the future. (laughs) (laughs) Once in a week. Hey folks, so we are talking with some of the speakers and asking uh, what what is the top takeaway that you hoped people would take out of your session at iMedia? And maybe Amit, we can start with you. Yeah, mine, uh, there was two, uh, and they're, they're both very much related. First is uh, keyword match types and what um, happens with every single one that you choose and how they can be detrimental and actually pretty great for your account, depending on which ones you're using. But then also on the other end, uh, the use of negative keywords and how that can actually quite help um, you from wasting ad spend, really, because that's probably one of the biggest things that I see in accounts every single time is that nobody's using the negative keyword list. Um, and they're dumping hundreds, if not thousands of dollars into basically a black hole at this point. There is so much to know in Google AdWords. How did you get so smart? (laughs) (laughs) I like to give my mother credit. She wanted to be an accountant. Uh, So I think I got my love for numbers from her. 
It's funny, like, how much of that, like, math brain is useful. Anyway, uh, Linda, you jump in. Yeah, I'll jump in. Um, I think there's something to be said on Amit's point, or Anna and Tyler's point about so much to know, is that you really have to be on top of what's changing, what's happening, trends in Google AdWords, right? Oh, yeah. Every, I mean, in Google in general, it just changes every single day. There's at least one update, sometimes even up to five. Uh, so staying on top of those and making sure that we're kind of um, playing hand-in-hand hand with the SEO side of things is, is super crucial. Amit, do you want to give any shout-out to ATBX? <laughs> oh, my God. I love ATBX. <laughs> it's such a great program. Megan Deer is, like, literally everything to me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this podcast is powered by ATB Financial. We forgot to ask Karen if we could not do ads too. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're gonna go to Corinne. Um, it, what are what were what uh, what about stories that you were were you gonna share with all of the wrapped iMedia uh, attendees? <laughs> I think I see a lot. My session was going to be really focused on small business and how to leverage the story tool uh, to get more leads, uh, to position yourself as an expert. And I think we just don't share enough of our behind the scenes stories. Uh, we don't share enough of this, this raw footage of the things that are happening and making our, you know, our audience part of um, the experience and the story that's going on. And when we can bring people in to see everything, especially when we're, starting off and, and working from the ground up, people feel like they're a part of your success if they get to see that. Um, and I think the story option is just really great to give raw footage that doesn't have to be polished. And um, if you can just consistently engage, you're just connecting with you with your audience and, and growing these relationships that, you know, just like in a room, when you're walking in a room, you're facing the crowd and, and you're building these uh, connections. This is a tool I think that not just I think, I know, because I've been leveraging it for years, and, and it's worked so well for me. And I just think that people need to take more time to uh, to include their community in what's happening in their business. That's awesome. Like personalization and kind of, yeah, bringing people in. Yeah, I think we, we forget. We take for granted that um, our potential client knows exactly how we work in our systems and, and how we implement things. And if we can take them through, I often do like our dev days, I walk our clients through a day and how it looks like when you come in and you build our we a website with us. So it starts off the day where we're having coffee and treats and then we do our little quick strategy and then we move into this piece and that piece and I just kind of outline. I can't do that every time, but every now and then when I pop in and I show this experience, someone sees it on the other side and they just can identify in it and they can feel like, they're part of that day. So when we launch our client's new website, they, they've seen the behind the scenes, they're excited for it. It's just, it's personalizing things and bringing people uh, again behind the scenes so that they can have a better understanding of what you're doing. And if you can do a good job with that storytelling, then um, you know, it's, it's just, you're, you're not selling, you're just, you're just connecting in a way that we, we should all still be doing. And I think we're forgetting to do that a lot. Thank you so much for taking some time today. We are going to move on to our next guest and try desperately to get back on schedule. Uh, so thank you so much for taking some time and joining this ridiculously chaotic episode. Uh, really appreciate it. And sorry that we missed your uh, your talks. I think uh, there's a lot to learn from you both. Thanks for having thank us, Tyler and Linda. Thank, thank you, guys. Yeah. Talk soon. Bye. And we continue on, Avery Johnson on the line, co-founder of 
Caden Ave, Caden Av. Communication. Yeah, good name. Because of your name, that makes a great deal of sense. But you know, I like to confirm. I like to give you a chance to tell me about your business. Um, uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, and uh, you, you, you've been patiently waiting while we spoke to our last two guests. Would you like to tell us about the the talk you're planning to give at iMedia? Uh, I have been in many of your talks and always learn a ton. So I'm really looking forward to hearing what you're going to talk about. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, you know what? I was going to talk about Facebook ads. So we were going to do kind of a, like what to do, what not to do with Facebook ads. But uh, honestly, I <laughs> this week blew up my entire life. And uh, I haven't even put like 30 seconds of thought into what we were really going to say. I think I was just going to wing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't know what that's like. Honestly, it, it, I think my biggest takeaway would have been to plan out your Facebook ads. So right from the top, right from your from your whole purpose, your campaign, why are you running an ad in the first place? And what are you asking your customers, your potential clients to do? Um, and then taking it all the way through your ad group and, and setting your targeting. And then what should your ad and your messaging actually say? So planning all of those steps out is, is critical. It's very important. But now this week, I've learned even more so that it's important to plan, but it's also important to be ready to throw that plan right out the window. Um, so yeah, I mean, having having a contingency plan and also just being able to wing it is critically important in this business. I think it takes a great, first of all, it takes a lot of experience to wing it. And I think we as like experienced communicators sometimes forget that. Yeah. Um, but also I think it takes a lot of courage to throw out a plan but it's so important to know when to pull that trigger. Yeah, absolutely. And in just looking at like some of the content that's been coming out this week, that's been somewhat tone deaf. I don't know if you guys saw the ad by Corona beer. That was like, yeah, if it's raining or something. Yeah. And it just, it looks tone deaf in this situation, obviously because Corona coronavirus, but you know, it's important to have your, your content planned out and especially your ads planned out, but you also need to keep an eye on whatever that content is and then make sure that it still matches what's happening in the news. And then, you know, as communicators, we also have to be on top of everything that's happening in the news so that our messaging isn't tone deaf. So yeah, like you said, it requires a ton of experience, but we have to be just buried in it. It's right. And we were talking about this off the top with Morgan, actually, the idea of like canceling your scheduling posts, being conscious of the off page ads that you have kind of floating out there, like the holistic view of what mm -hmm. you're doing on social. The question I want to ask you is like, you're talking about marketing and communications, which a lot of organizations still split across even now in 2020. What do you think, like, do you think of yourself as a marketer or communicator or is it all just one ecosystem you need to be aware of now? I mean, it's, it's both. I think they're definitely different things. Um, you know, when you represent, we have a lot of clients that are small businesses. When you represent a small business, often you're everything. We're, we're everything in one. So yeah, we're marketers and that we're trying to, we're trying to get more people in the door. We're trying to find the right audiences. We're trying to give them, you know, the proper advertising. But then when something like this happens and we have to drop all of it and all of a sudden we're crisis, we're PR, we're everything all rolled up into one. Which is a lot of, that's a lot of responsibility. <laughs> it is, yeah, it is. I, I just went out and bought a box of wine. So I'm, you know, <laughs> ready to decompress. <laughs> I rolled it up on beer today too. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. awesome. 
Well, thank you so much, Avery. I think that was uh, a great just glimpse of the insights that are within your mind. <laughs> and Avery, you're, you're, our final, you're our final guest today, Avery. Yeah. So thank you for joining. Do you have one last parting word of wisdom you'd like to share? No, thank you guys for doing this. I think one of the things I've noticed this week is that, you know, we have to be creative with the messaging that we're putting out. And everyone's going to be sitting at home and, you know, we can't go to shows, we can't go to concerts, whatever it might be. So people are going to be looking to online content to keep them entertained. And I think the way that that you guys just turned around and created this podcast out of nowhere, that, that was that was awesome. And this is exactly the kind of creativity we need right now. So thank you. Well, to the poor bastard who's listened to 65 minutes of this podcast, thank you for sticking around. And you're welcome for killing some of the boredom this weekend. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Bye. All right. Hey, that wasn't that wasn't as chaotic and wild as we maybe thought it was going to be. <laughs> I feel like if if we hadn't done a caller every five minutes the whole show, that would have been the level of chaos that I expect uh, from, <laughs> from all future episodes of Don't Call Me a Guru, which I think should now be a daily three-hour-long live call-in show, a la Ryan Jesperson. <laughs> Okay, noted. Um, and I would also like you to host the Oilers games by like 2025. Oh my gosh. I, I couldn't throw the t-shirts far enough. <laughs> t-shirt off. I love right. it. The, uh, love Tyler, this was so fun. I love when you come back on the podcast. Aww. You know, I miss you so much. <laughs> um, we uh yeah we're gonna wrap this up thank you so much everyone for listening to this uh call-in extravaganza episode and um yeah stay tuned for next month for another for another meow in the background you hear that <laughs> i don't know about you but i've been muting my mic while like Lindsay made supper fully right beside me oh, uh, i hear her kind of clanking around at first <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Um, okay, yeah. So uh, let's see. What advice did we get that we can use? Uh, subscribe to this podcast. Share about it. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time and on the internet. Thanks for having me on, Linda. Yeah, thanks for, you know, I kind of said it as if you were going to be back next episode. So maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Call it. Thanks, everyone. Bye. As promised, here's a trailer for Snow and Tell. It's not a spoiler alert. Winter is going to be here for a good chunk of the year every single year. For some people, the very thought of winter is enough to send chills down their spine. But for others, winter is a season full of beauty, of adventure, of racing down the ski hill or snuggling by a roaring fire. I don't want to be inside during the winter. A season of contrast, light and dark, fire and ice, cold and warmth, a season full of potential. Part of the lighting design process is making the informed decision of not to illuminate something. If we have everything lit, then it just might look like a greenhouse where we're all tomatoes trying to produce work. And every day, more and more cities and people are coming around to seeing the possibilities of winter. The way that the city streets are being used is changing. I'm Sue Holdsworth. And I'm Isla Tanaka. Welcome to Snow and Tell, the Winter City Podcast. Together, we'll talk to specialists and thought leaders. We'll hear stories from everyday people, just like you, about their wintry trials and tribulations, triumphs and transformations. We can't change the weather, but we can change how we feel about it, how we design for it, play in it, 
thrive in it. I mean, we're all jubilant when we have a little exercise. We can hibernate or we can choose to change our thinking and actually plan to make winter a better experience for everyone. There is no such thing as bad weather. It's bad clothing. Join us as we learn how to make our cold cities cool. Find Snow and Tell, the Winter City podcast on your favorite podcast service or online at wintercityedmonton.ca slash podcast. I've learned over 70 years how you can get along really well outside in Edmonton, no matter what the season is. Thank you.